you this fine day? I am amazing. How are you doing? You look radiant. Oh, thank you. I would I would love to do some type of like skincare episode in the future, actually. Ooh, I'm loving okay. I just finished my skincare routine and I was thinking about it as I was preparing for this call slash uh recording. <laughs> um <laughs> that I wanted to do something about that because it ties in perfectly with today's episode snowfall uh mm-hmm. that features some of the best skin i've ever seen on the screen as of recent which is damson idris oh honestly his skin is like milk it looks so good it's perfect he doesn't have no texture like, not one no blemish no. nothing his he dark looks so good like just is shiny and like dewy and wet looking Ugh. that's what i like like honestly i aspire to achieve yeah <sighs> but damn yeah his he skin looks... is amazing his skin is perfect yeah he should be and... in like skincare ads and shit no he really should he really uh, should I, I mean he, i feel like he doesn't model a lot does he he's new to the scene i know he's a prada ambassador right now um, Wait, so i but... feel like it's coming snowfall is six seasons old so that's not very new yeah, but it didn't become hype, right? We're, we're going to talk about this in today's episode, I'm sure. But it didn't become very hype until, like, after John Singleton died, sadly. Mm. So I feel That's like sad. he... Yeah, it is really sad. But I feel like he um, became more of a household name in the later seasons of Snowfall. Um, and Got then it. also, dating Lori Harvey, I mean... Yeah, she, she is... She said... She said, let me upgrade you. No, she literally <laughs> said, sign here on the contract. I will do <laughs> I will do four posts of you a year and uh, they will go viral. So what like, do you need for your on. career? Yeah. I got you. Lori I, is a business and I'm- I, She is a that, business. I can only aspire. Wait, but that's a skincare line. Okay, we can talk about this later. We can go on and on, but- Yeah, but that is a skincare line that I will never try. But I would literally on. never put that on my face. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh my I have God. too many requirements Wait. for this skin. But Brayden, how excited are you about today's episode? I'm very excited slash nervous a little bit. Not going to lie. Because you're not a fan of Snowfall? <laughs> uh, and, and I did not watch all of it as I yeah. maybe should have. to get Yeah. yeah so we're, we're going to dive into that. But first. Yes. Please Wait, tell but the people. this will also be the first time that we're having two guests. This is so exciting. We have a panel. It is it's so exciting, actually. Yeah. I love how you keep calling it a panel. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yes, we'll get it does, into it. It's probably going to feel like a panel discussion, the way we're going to have to break these the two guests up. Yeah. Because we yeah. can't just be talking over each other for however long we're going to just be in here. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, anyway, so yes, so excited for the episode. But before we get to that, te- Brandon, what have you been watching, listening to, reading? Tell me all the things. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, I kind of wish I had, had time to read, but Ugh, life is just too. so busy. Uh, but anyway, but you know, I did. Doing... Oh. Yeah. I was just gonna say, like, Go I've been doing, I've been doing like Audible lately, um, and I've been mm. having a lot of joy with that. I'm listening to Queenie right now. Um, great book. Uh, it's going to be turned into a series very soon. Very excited about huh. that. 
but anyway, uh, I'm a big, big fan of Audible. I listen to it on my walks, and it really helps with the whole we ain't we ain't got time these days. Thing. I know, I know. I just need to get back into actually using Audible. Yeah, I do listen yeah. to my podcast and my history mm-hmm. podcast. Anyway. Going on and on and on. I want to tell people what I've been listening to or watching and consuming. And this was a suggestion from you that you mm-hmm. said a few weeks ago, um, Obsession on Netflix. Oh, God. Yeah. Whitney. It was so yeah. good. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Honestly, the whole time I, I might be giving some stuff away, but if y'all haven't watched it, please go out and see it right now. It's literally on Netflix. So just plop yourself down on the couch. It's four short episodes it's an erotic thriller. And to me, it was very sexy because there's a lot of times we read erotic thriller and we don't get any erotic or thriller. And I think you got a good amount of both, I will mm-hmm. say. Yeah. Um, because I was turned on by both of them. Like they were I both hot. But it was the story was good. The story was very good because it was like who's who? Like who's obsessed with who? And the whole time, it's just being turned over on his head. And you're just like, I don't know what's going on. What can happen from here? And then it got really depressing at the end. It did. The ending was very shocking. Um, But definitely, if you love thrillers, dear listener, check it out. It is very good. Very good. It was very good. I, like, honestly suggested it to a couple of people. um, Because I thought, I just thought it was very good. And it's quick. Yeah, it like, is. I love that. It was easy. Just an easy watch. Um, okay, you? so I have been, I have a movie this week. Um, mm. I am very late to this film. It was nominated for an Oscar, for several Oscars, um, but it's now streaming on Hulu, Triangle of Sadness. <laughs> that was a very good movie. <laughs> I love it. It's like Eat the Rich meets Lord of the Flies. It is so mm-hmm. good. Um, it's like satire at the highest level. The writing was incredibly smart. The casting was smart. The way it was shot was so interesting. It just did yeah. not feel, it felt more like a documentary almost. It did. In, it did feel like somebody portion. had a, a handheld camera the whole time. Yeah. It was, yeah. oh God, I loved it. I love the characters. Uh, I was riveted from beginning to end. Like I started it as like, I'll just fall asleep to this. Brandon, I was up until almost one o'clock in the morning. I had to finish that movie. Uh, (laughs) I had to, it was so good. It's so good. Wait, so for the people who have not seen it, uh, apologies, but Whitney, who Mm -hmm. would you be uh, as a deserted (laughs) member of this island? Um, I would be the maid turned like gorilla captain. Uh, <laughs> there but, has to be a captain. And... But I, I actually like I I don't know how to do things. <laughs> like so she was what? fishing, building fires. She was doing all the things. So I would probably and I would want to be her. But in reality, I would be the like rich Russian man who was stealing jewelry off of dead bodies. <laughs> I would definitely be that the boy who was doing tricks just to yes. eat the food and sleep in the yeah. bed. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, what you want mommy? What you want daddy to do? I get it. Oh my God. <laughs> you would be, so you would, you would leave your boyfriend behind like he left his uh, girlfriend? If he survived to get to the <laughs> island. 
<laughs> I would look at him and say, look, we got to do what we got to do to survive. And if that means I got to go over here. <laughs> and turn these tricks. Turn these tricks. You let me be. Okay. <laughs> look, look. Well, Brandon, that says more about you than anything. <laughs> okay. Kidding. Uh, I hope that your boyfriend is listening to this. Anyway, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, well, we have a big episode um, in store for you, dear listeners. Stick around. We are going to be talking about the incredible snowfall. We waited until it's about a month after the uh, season finale. So there will be spoilers, but buckle up. We are about to get into it. So let's take a break. Buckle up. Yeah. And we're back, y'all, with a very, very special episode. And Whitney, I'm so excited because we have two amazing guests. One is one of my close friends, Happy Gamboa, and another is both of our close friends, Disco Robinson. <laughs> and y'all, get ready. Snowfall is about to be a really, really fun episode. But Happy, if you want to tell us a little bit, uh, tell everyone about yourself. Um, go ahead and then Disco, you can kick it off too. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Happy. Uh, Happy Gamboa is my whole government. Um, so <laughs> I am a, self a self-proclaimed uh, pop culture guru of all sorts, um, native of New York, specifically Brooklyn. Um, so my POV can sometimes be a little forward, blunt ridiculous unrealistic um that's what we yeah, need on this I, podcast yeah listen. we love that <laughs> okay we love that um <laughs> so glad to hear that and just you know i know big fan of the podcast guys so thank you yeah. um as a as a big tv person um i'm more of a show person over movies so i love that you guys talk about shows um really excited to talk about this one um, always an interesting POV for me because my first introduction to LA and California really was through music and movies. So for a really long time, whatever Snoop Dogg essentially said or whatever movie, that was my perception essentially of like LA. It was like yeah. Boys in the Hood and like Blood in, Blood out, like Vatos Locos. Oh, wow. Like, literally, that was my. <laughs> So um, excited to talk about Snowfall, which I feel like for the first few seasons was a very underrated show. So I'm yes. happy it's finally getting okay. the credit okay. it gets um, because nobody was watching when I was watching. Trust <laughs> me, I had to like really find somebody to watch this show to talk about it. Okay. okay. Well, Happy, we're so excited to have you on. I'm also going to kick it over to my brother-in-law slash close friend, David <laughs> Robinson. David Disco Robinson. David, David Disco. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the people. All right, people. Happy to be here. My name is uh, Disco. Government name is David Robinson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> super excited to be on the podcast. Um, when Whitney called me, I knew exactly what she was calling for. <laughs> He's like, Disco, we need somebody. You a Snowfall fan, right? I was like, yeah, I like Snowfall. She was like, I need you to be on the podcast. I was yes. Like, say, say no more. I've been waiting my turn. Everybody else been on the podcast. Y'all had a whole season. Oh, wow. 
Y'all had season two. Welcome back. I saw the 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 uh, the, the ad for welcome back. Hell, like, hell yeah, yeah. I just want to say I'm super proud of you guys. Oh, uh, I saw that uh, Megan Good uh, left a comment on on your you guys Instagram. Yes, she we sure did. That. We, we sure like did. I was like, okay. We, mm-hmm. we moving on up, but we are. I'm super excited to be here. To talk about podcast. I mean, talk about snowfall. Um, I think snowfall is like Happy said was a underrated show for like the first three seasons, and then you know Damson just start. I guess he just started taking off, and, and then everybody yeah. started getting into the characters, and Jim and Jerome came, and then you know it just it just became more than didn't we imagine so i'm yeah. excited to talk about it um i'm excited to talk about damson because he one of those actors that you didn't know that was from like england or or, or uh, where yes. is he from london he is we from don't london. have to really talk about that right so yeah. so like after I, like maybe two or three seasons i see him do an interview and he got an uh, accent i'm like <laughs> Fun fact, fun fact for you guys. Do you know who his vocal coach was or is for Snowfall? No. Was it like E40? Not E40. Dub C. Yeah, Dub C. So basically, Dub C was his vocal coach for Snowfall, so he can basically sound like he's from South LA. LA. Wow. Wow. He definitely sounds like he's from California, for sure. Okay, so we're jumping right in. We're Um, jumping right in. um, So I will say, though, um, about that accent, I do have a a question I want to kick us off with. But about that accent, did we feel as if it sometimes changed? Like, it wasn't a consistent accent? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we probably think that now that we know he's British. Because, to Disco's point, I didn't know he was British until like mid season three, like fourth season. I, I saw yeah. I, I saw him doing the interview and he had an accent. I was like, yeah, yeah. So I I don't know, but um, also if you listen to Jerome and what he sounds like in real person too, that's a mind blowing. Totally different. Yeah. Wait, what where's Jerome like? from? He doesn't sound like Jerome at all. Um, he's American, but he doesn't sound like that character. Like his voice isn't even deep like that. It's like life. Jerome going to. <laughs> I don't want to say Urkel because it's not that high pitch, but yeah, it just it's, it's very yeah. It doesn't fit his body. Like Jerome voice fits him better than his his normal voice. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we got some voice stuff going on with this series, um, but, uh, but wait, Whitney's to your to your question. I thought it was very inconsistent. Agreed. Like me as well. Just, like there were some scenes it, I was like, is he like, is he like a little like he would sometimes like sound like, uh, like he was like from like Connecticut, it, or like he just like yes, skipped around. Like, the British ass- accent was not there. Like I, he wasn't like switching back and forth, but it wasn't like that East LA. Like, I did watch a little bit of, like, the later season because, spoiler, I did not finish it. But uh, <laughs> it, I was like, okay, I hear his voice is completely different. Yeah. And I'm sure Whitney heard it more because of how she consumed the show. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. So. But but you knew that he was brave going into watching it though. So. Yeah, but. But if you just start watching, there's a lot of British people that you don't feel their accent slipping like that. Yeah. Idris Elba. Idris, I was gonna say. You know what? But to your point, if you rewatch Wire, his accent isn't consistent either. I think you have to like really pay attention. Once you like really know, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um for those for listeners who don't know about Snowfall, and the reason why we have this large panel here is because (laughs) uh and our first panel of all time is because Snowfall debuted in 2017. It was John Singleton's first um, venture into series television. Um, It was pitched as like his ode to kind of figuring out the origins of the crack epidemic from the perspective of three main storylines, which I'm I'm curious um, how you guys think about it. But um, it lasted for six seasons on FX um, and it just wrapped up um, in April of 2023, um, as of today, it holds a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes and um, has actually had its, or um, as people refer to it as, one of the most culture shifting series of the new millennium. So, hence why we have Who's, this panel. Who said that? Okay, Brandon. So then, so, so then uh, Brandon and I felt a little ill equipped. Because of the fact, <laughs> because of the fact that neither of us had actually dived in and watched it, um, I actually attempted to watch the entire sixty episodes in one week. Um, I made it about forty episodes, and then I, I had. To, isn't that crazy? And then I had, to, and then I had to skip around um, for the last two seasons. But I did watch the final episode, so I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, but to kick things off. Happy, I would love to hear from you. Like, what's your relationship to Snowfall? And briefly, like, what are your thoughts on just like the whole body of work? Um, so one thing to know is I'm realizing like FX is as good as HBO with like shows and series. So usually that's like a rotation of I think Sons of Anarchy was finishing or whatever it was, right? Good right? series. Mm-hmm, Very mm-hmm. good series, right? Hope everyone is watching Mayans, by the way, which is currently on. But so I think based off that, it was just kind of like, okay, this new show is happening. John Singleton, cool. I'll go. It's it's not gonna be a bad show. And I started watching it. And like I told y'all, nobody else was really watching it. Like I remember, I was like, this is a really good show. And I would ask maybe one or two people here nothing they're like oh no we really we kind of saw it i think everybody was like into like american horror story at the time in in 2017 sons of anarchy nobody was really watching it so i was like okay i have nobody to talk to the show about and it's a really well written show very well like yet again i don't know how authentic it is to la but in my mind that is very authentic to la and knowing kind of how uh, John Singleton apparently was also influenced by like the whole Rick Ross story with the CIA and kind of that backstory. So if you're somebody like me that is like into all of this like 
crime, hood history stuff, like, you know that. <laughs> Cisco, you know, I feel like you're shaking your head, right? So like, Look at him. <laughs> to, to kind of take that and make it into this story is really interesting. Um, and I just always think TV shows are better because you get a more detailed story. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be really good because it's going to span out in about 10 to 12 episodes. Um, and then you get to like the very end and shit pops off and it becomes like, it's crazy. And I want, I actually have a question for both of you guys. I feel like you were rooting for Franklin in the beginning and by the end mm -hmm. you hated him. Yes. Yes. Similar to another series I know called Breaking Bad, but I'll get into that. I'll get into that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Disco, Disco. What's your relationship to Snowfall? And, you know, give us your overall impression of the body of work. Okay. Like Happy said, I wasn't really watching it either um, to begin with. And then my friend, beat up, you know him, Whitney. He called me yeah. like, Disco, you watching Snowfall? I'm like, no, nah, what's that? He's like, it's the show on FX. You got to watch it, G. Watch it. And this was like the third episode, maybe they were in. And then once I watched the first episode, I was hooked. Because um, like Happy said, I'm into all the, I guess, the hood, gangster, biopics um, kind of thing. So in learning that it was based off like Rick Ross story, um, the real Rick Ross, not the rapper. Um, yeah. That made it like a lot Important more note. Yeah. <laughs> that made it a lot more interesting to me. So then once I found that out, I was I was hooked. I think the show overall is, you know, I think if I was living in the eighties, it'd seem like that's what it would be like, you know, mm -hmm. um, in, in California. Um, but I think it did a good job of showing Franklin's come up, like from when he began, he was, you know, selling weed with his uncle. And then he met, you know, the drug kingpin. At first, like, Franklin was a smart kid, you know, went to college, he dropped out, but he was very intelligent. And then you just see this progress of, like, throughout the seasons of Franklin turning into, like, from nothing monster. to nothing. From there. A monster, yeah. I would say yeah. he was a monster. I feel, like, I feel like a lot of people forced Franklin's hand, so he had to be a monster. I feel like Franklin could have made money without the, the violence but it was um, people who, it was people go ahead, who go ahead. Back <laughs> and forcing franklin to do certain things even like in the first season when he had to shoot his friend kevin you remember that mm -hmm. yep um, yes so originally franklin told kevin not to go to the expanding neighborhood and sell drugs kevin did it anyway and then his cousin got killed so then Kevin comes to Franklin like, what are we going to do? We got to get back in him. And then Franklin was like, I told you not to go over there multiple times. Now you want me to start a beef with these Hispanics. And you know how that goes in L.A. So Franklin had to do what he had to do to save his operation, I guess. Yeah. Okay. While I agree... And I do think he was forced a lot in the first, second, second, third, I would even say fourth season, yes. Season five and six, he's a monster. A hundred percent. He's a monster. A he is. So one, I think 
yet again, when he shot Kevin, he didn't mean to kill him, right? We know that. He just happened to hit, like, the one main artery in his leg. And I think for him, it was something that he didn't want to do. He didn't want to kill people. He didn't want violence for a really long time. But the problem and ultimately what was Franklin's downfall was greed. It was greed. Like, he had a lot of money and he wanted more money. And if you look at it, like, look at Leon. I think Leon, Leon. is a good example. Leon, and I and I, I truly feel like this, Leon is what Franklin should have been and wasn't. Yeah. And that's how it ended. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, Franklin okay. was too, too deep in, though, versus Leon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. We're, we're forgetting. We're forgetting. Leon decided to leave. You can make you have a choice and you could have walked out. He just kept going and going and going. And I think a lot of people forget, and this is the thing, like where drug dealers are big, successful, like drug dealers are, is they're addicted to the money. Mm-hmm. And Franklin got addicted to the money. It wasn't the power. It wasn't anything like that. Franklin was his own worst enemy towards the end. And it was really hard for me to root for him, honestly, after season four. Happy, we are very, very aligned on this. Uh, As a person who has binged it in one week and feels like a shell of a person right now, it is. uh, (laughs) uh, I completely agree with you. Okay, Brandon has been very quiet. Um, Brandon... What is your relationship to Snowfall? <laughs> Honestly. Okay. Yeah, Whitney gave you the synopsis of how we got into the show. I literally never heard of it until maybe like season four. It was kind of sprinkling it around. Because FX is not like a network that I'm running to. So maybe that's why it wasn't marketed anywhere around what I was trying to watch. So I literally had no idea what it was. I knew who Dimson was. Had no idea he was in a whole show for years. Not calling him Dimson. His name is Damson. <laughs> Damson. <laughs> Dimson. <laughs> Dimson. Whatever. I know who he I knew who he was, but literally did not know. I tried to watch the show. I just did not like it. I didn't like it. Why? It was it wasn't the writing by any means because I did watch the first two seasons. So give me give me a little bit of credit. But I just could not get past a few of the storylines that I just really didn't care about. And it was that CIA white guy that oh, disturbed Teddy. me. Teddy. Oh, he was aggravating. And I did not want to keep watching to even see him be in the show. He should have been killed. Like, more kill him. Favorite get him and i'm sure he got even worse like that was annoying to watch and i did not i was like why do we need this like i would love i get the idea of like we're in this drug world you whitney you mentioned breaking bad the same thing with that like the there's always like a cop a good guy who's supposed to be doing that but then like he wasn't he was still kind of like a bad person he was like doing drug deals and like acting high and mighty like I work for this the the US government like I'm untouchable and I was just like this is lame so okay. it, it 
it just didn't do it for me. And it was mostly that storyline that seemed like it was a big part at the beginning. So I couldn't get past it and I stopped. I did. I did not finish. Okay, so there are three like main storylines in this. I'm curious what everyone thinks because to Brandon's point, did we think all three were necessary? There's the obvious one, which is the Franklin storyline. Uh, there was the Teddy McDonald storyline, which is the CIA agent. And then the third storyline was the Oso um, Lucia storyline, but then became just the Oso storyline. To me, I understood the trajectory of what they were trying to say when it comes to the CIA ver agent versus Franklin. And I liked the diversity, like, right? Like, I liked the fact that they included this whole other aspect. But uh, the downfall of the two characters throughout the course of that season did feel a little formulaic to me. And, like, it did happen, like, the, as, as they're downfalling, they're falling together, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. But the also storyline, to me, always felt a little bit, um, and, and this was, for anyone who hasn't watched it, this was like the the Latino gang side of it um, that included um, two. It started with like uh, uh, two siblings well, that were trying to like they're cousins yeah. or right. something like that. Yeah. yeah, and then it morphed. I guess like one of them dropped out after season two, and then it morphed into the storyline of just like this one guy who was needed money and got into it, and his name was. Also, the bear, Gustavo was his real name. Anyway, I don't know. I thought it was not necessary. Okay. Yeah. Wait, but to that point, before you continue, at the beginning, that storyline with the cousins and Oso was actually very interesting. Oh, good. Like, so and I was like, that is cool. Like, I want to see that because that was like the Latino gang side and like they were intertwined with that. So that was really cool. Then there was like the whole thing where they like, killed half the family to like move up and stuff like that. I was like, yes. okay, this is cool. But it was the CIA guy that really made me just stop. <laughs> Knowing <laughs> that I was trying to watch it for this purpose of this podcast, I couldn't do it. You know what? <laughs> you so flat. And, and knowing that you really like the also uh, storyline, I feel like it makes sense why you did not go past season two because I think First of all, I have a soft spot for Oso. I love the fact that Franklin met him through like Lucha Libre and he like was a wrestler and all yes, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's really like a gentle giant. And the first two seasons of that storyline with the cousins and they come from this like drug dealer family and they're trying to like, the woman is trying to get respect because she's not getting it because she's a woman in the family. I think it's a great storyline. And I think after... She killed her cousin and he she disappeared on the run after falling in love with like also just let it die. They should have just let it die. And also should have just gone into the sunset. Cause I'm not gonna lie, I think season three or four, I was very confused why he's there, what he's doing. Cause I feel like he disappeared and then he came back from what I remember. So it kind of felt very out of place. And I wonder if it felt like Oh, also was like a, a fan favorite. So let him just be in there. But after really like the second season, he had no purpose. No and I hate that whole, uh, was it that DEA girl that they were forcing on us? It was like unnecessary. 
Yeah, I, I agree totally. Uh, I felt like the the delay lady was doing too much. She like, I was glad when she got killed. I'm like, it's about time. It's like, what was the point? Like she was just messing the show up, and then I think also maybe he was a fan favorite, but I think he served his purpose in the end. Like it showed that he was still like loyal to Franklin after all, you know, because the way Franklin met him, like as being a f- as a fan and then also also save franklin remember he went to go try to sell the drugs and like yes. i think that was yes. like season two and they was about to kill him and then also came out of nowhere and saved him so i think also played a good part in the show but it was just too much like yeah you could have. Yeah. i mean that episode yeah. where they Caught up in that house with the lion and the crazy white guy. Yeah, yeah, that's when I was about to be here. I said, did I miss this? What episode was this? It, like you know, season five you know, or four. Yeah, it's like season five or four. But you know how sometimes there's certain oh. episodes that feel like fillers. This was right. Like, and I was like, what are we doing? What is we doing? Because you just episode episode? Was, it was insane. They like try to. They're like being chased by someone and they end up in some they like Beverly Hills or something. Yeah. And, they and it's like, like crazy white man with tigers and like cages and they get stuck in the thing and it's like this whole thing okay. and yeah no. Yeah. No. I'm glad I didn't see that. Yeah. So do we think that this needed six seasons? Because as I was watching it um during this week, I was like this could have wrapped up. <laughs> like it like you know when you watch a series and you know like that it like Breaking Bad, for instance, which I think is a very close cousin to this series. Uh, yes, it is prestige television, but like I also think Snowfall is prestige television, and um, I think that it's criminal that it didn't get like any recognition. Damson deserves some, but anyway. But as I was watching it, uh, you know how a, like when a filmmaker is approaching a project, and they know what the story is from beginning, middle, end you can tell, like it's concise, it has an understanding. To me, it did start to feel like it's just, they're just following a formula a little bit. And I wondered what would it be like if they didn't, if they allowed it, like this is the season's antagonist, you know what I mean? But like, what if they just allowed it to wrap up earlier and still have the same ending? I cannot wait to talk about the ending, but still have the same ending, but just like take out all the, the, the bullshit in the middle. You know, you know I, think, what? I think I think after like John Singleton passed, they didn't have like a direction on like mm. how they wanted the show to go, so or how they wanted it to end. So they just kept, you know, kept going on. And then it was funny because I was watching an interview um, with the like the real Rick Ross. He said they reached out to him and started to get like you know uh, ideas of like what happened in his life. So that's why you probably see more about the. Teddy and the, the CIA and the DA, DEA and the HJ Key. Oh, what's, what was the other guy named? The uh, what was he oh. from? Oh, oh the what? KGB. The KGB. Yeah, KGB. Oh, oh, yeah. I hated that whole story. Yeah, I'm like, what's the point of him? The yeah, yeah the, KG, the KGB, the KGB came in. Yeah, you. Yeah, KGB. And I, I didn't like the fact that his mother was going behind his back talking to the KGB, trying to... Listen, that woman, I love her as an actress, but her track record as drug dealer, as a drug dealer mom, really not right. good. Right, from the wires, she bad from the wires. <laughs> yes. Um, she was 
Yeah, that was weird. They took her character through some weird phases. And I, and I even in the, the season after Franklin was shot and all of a sudden she's okay with him being a drug dealer. Matter of fact, she's going to actually lead the charge of his real estate business. What is happening? What happened? I, I literally thought, did I miss an episode? No, I think because in her, I think in her mind, she probably felt like if I'm close to my son and help my son and show him how I can legitimize him in uh, hopes that he that, yeah. that, that, that oh, makes sense I to me. Um, but to your point, I didn't need season five. I'm not a big fan of season five. I just think season five was very much a let's set up season six mm. um, type of situation. Um, but yeah, it didn't need to be six seasons. I think um, season five dragged a lot of things like what's her name? I mean, we could talk about her. Uh, I can't ever pronounce her name correctly. Fenarik. Oh, his wife. Oh. Veronique? Yeah. Veronique. I have a small gripe about her. They didn't have Me a budget too. to get a prosthetic like belly and make this woman look pregnant. And she was pregnant. Yeah, she for, never like, looked two pregnant. Weeks. Never looked pregnant. I actually never thought looked- happy that they were that she was faking him out, that she wasn't really pregnant. I was like, that's a fake. I don't belly. believe that. Yeah. You know, her mother was a, a scam artist, pretty much. Yeah. Well, listen, you know. There was always something about her that I did not trust. But then also you know, looking at Franklin what mom happened? said that. I said Franklin mom said that about her. Yeah. 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 But also when a man chokes you and you got access to the account, I also understand how I would do what she did. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Okay. So I have another question for the group, for the panel. Um, what, who was your favorite character and who was the true villain of this story? I'll go first. I think my favorite character, hands down, all the way around, was Leon. Um, I think that was a very well acted character. I I believed him. I loved his trajectory. It, It felt understandable. Like as you get older, you start to look around you a little bit more. He realized what, what the, crack was doing in the community and and I kept wondering that too like how are they not seeing this like what they're what the actions of what they're doing is is like impacting this community and like that was also really sad um there was like tiny pieces just as a a little pullover there were tiny pieces of like the set and LA that season over season were like deteriorating um which I thought was kind of interesting like even Franklin's home was just so warm and beautiful and like had art on the walls and like and like the way that each season the home like if you go back and watch the actual house it doesn't just it gradually gets to where it was in that last season I thought that was really interesting so so anyway um Leon absolute positively best character I think, and I watched honestly because of him, and I love that actor. I don't know who he is, but he deserves <laughs> an award too. Um, his name I do, is Isaiah I know John. His name. Isaiah John, yes, thank you. Um, I think there were actually quite a few villains in this, but the villain that I would like to call out is Cavell, uh, Carvel, uh, who was <laughs> not Carvel. 
<laughs> Carvel, that that villain lives in my mind rent free. Why was he so like, oh my god, that that was a sadistic sociopath in first season. The rape scene um was brutal and um there was a rape scene where for if you don't know about it, Carvel uh rapes a person that owes Franklin money just to then take the money from Franklin. Uh, but we don't see it, thankfully, um, because that's really traumatic to see. Uh, but unfortunately, we had to hear it. Um, and that was also really traumatic to hear. And I just think there was no other villain in the story that was so unhinged and, and like, scary to me than that character, to be honest. Uh, curious on your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, you went way left with Carville. Jesus. <laughs> Everybody yes. hates Carville. Yes. Okay, Brandon, what are you thinking? Come on I'm, now. I'm skipping this one. <laughs> Dang. On. Brandon, uh, there's really? No way I can, there's no way I can truly answer that. Well, okay. Could you answer it from up to what you saw? Well, right now, it'll be Franklin. Franklin is like still he's or... he's still is like sort of gentle and well from what I'm hearing he turns into a monster, so yeah. he's my favorite from what mm-hmm. I see. But I like mean, I'm sure... I'm, this is this is horrible. I I can't even. <laughs> I need to understand disco. what Brandon hated about this series. Dis- yeah, disco. <laughs> Tell us. Um, favorite. I don't know. It's it's a. I like Leon. I think his growth was extremely impressive because he started off as a high hit, like just mm-hmm. Franklin point him out and I'm beating him up. And then throughout the seasons, Leon went through a lot. You know, he killed a little girl, and that just took him to a whole nother place. And then that's but when his wife turned into a crackhead. But then his wife. His wife turned into a crackhead. He killed a little girl for Franklin. Well, it was by accident, but he killed her. And then um, that stuck with him, and it changed him a lot. So that's when he was like, I got to get out of here. Like, this is just too much. Then he started, like, looking around his community and seeing what, like, what he was supplying was doing to his community. Like, and then it was just too much. He was like, I got to go to Africa. I got to, you know, reassess. And then it's like when he come back to Africa, you look in his apartment and it's just like books everywhere now, like Malcolm X posters and Martin Luther mm-hmm. King posters. And he like he's more aware of himself, sort of say. And then he had to prove that he was still from the projects in season six when the guy was testing him. He was talking about his wife, like, oh, you married a crackhead and this and that. And then yeah, and Leon had to go beat him up. I'm not sure if you saw that. So, I did. But, yeah, but yeah. I would say Leon is one of my favorites. Um, I also like Scully because even though Scully was a psychopath, he Hot was take. He was uh, a God fearing man, and he was very forgiving. He for he forgave Leon. I don't know. Like in season six, they were sitting at the table and they was just hugging it out, and Leon was crying. But, you know, Scully is a, a serial killer. And for him to, 
for him to He's a very spiritual man in every aspect. In every aspect, but yeah. you know, you know, when it comes down to getting busy, he ain't got no problem with it. But very spiritual man, and he was like, and I think uh, I think Louis asked him like, like, how did you um how did you get over like losing your daughter or something? Like after Jerome died. And he was like, I talked to God and he told me to let it go. And I was like, you know what? I messed with Scully after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a villain, I don't know. I got to go with Teddy. I got to go with Teddy. I hate it, Teddy. Yeah, it's just. When he stole the money? When he stole Franklin's money? He stole Franklin's money. And then when Franklin was torturing him, he was like, this is my money. You only got it because I allowed you to do it. And, you know, we did. I feel like the writers could have got a little deeper. It's the 1980s, you know, race wars going on. I feel like they could have went a little deeper on that aspect because Teddy felt like Franklin wasn't nothing. You know, he was like, this is my money. And Franklin was like, man, I thought we was going to grow old together, go to barbecues together. He was like, you couldn't leave me a million dollars. You had to take the whole 73, huh? I don't know. And I felt Franklin on that. I was like, yeah. I can't mess with Teddy. Go ahead and kill a friend. And then his mom did the unthinkable. Yeah. We're going to talk what, about that later. What's she doing? All right. We'll get Right before Franklin was about to um, get the money, he was literally at a payphone wiring the money to Franklin. His mom pops out and shoots Teddy and kills him immediately. And he probably so- get $37 million. Yeah, so uh, that was pretty wild, but so I don't want to. Miss- she is. I the actually, I actually was curious if someone was going to say that, but we haven't got wait, to happy wait, yet. Uh, yes, happy, happy. He's, he's, she's not the villain in my mind, but you know, uh, my favorite. Okay, I'm kind of bored, but go ahead, happy. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, um, my favorite character, I would have to say, I think Leon towards the end. Absolutely. I think just to see him grow as a person and more for the good, where everyone else, it kind of felt like the reverse, um, was really good to see that. And honestly, like that scene when like now Wanda's clean and he's like, I want you to go to Africa with me. And like Brandon knows I'm a hopeless romantic. So I was like, yes, I don't care if she's like a crackhead or whatever. Even that moment, remember when Franklin's... um, First girlfriend became a crackhead and he saw oh, yeah. him and he's like and Franklin is like I can save her I can and Leon is like look this is the real story like you have to let that be you have to just whatever so I like how Leon almost is the person that is like rhyme or reason in, in a lot of situations um like, even towards the end, like, when he explained, like, Sissy, you know, killed Teddy to save Franklin. Like, he just looked mm-hmm. at things in a very interesting way, and I really like his growth. Um, also, I this is not a character, but it's a duo. I really love Louis and Jerome as a unit. Oh, me too. We haven't talked about them. And I just love that power dynamic. Like, Louis ran the show. Jerome allowed Louis to run the show. She was the main woman who, like, 
The only time I was mad at Louis is when she was having that weird affair with the club owner. Mm. When it's like, it why like, are you why? doing that to your own? Right? Right. Um, but I loved their dynamic and I loved kind of their unit and their solidarity. And like, that was really Louis. Like, that's really what she had. And I love the fact that he accepted her exactly who she was. I think that them as a unit. And then Avi. We don't talk about Avi enough. Yeah. You think he when was a real villain? Or you like he's him? A, he's like he's a villain. Oh, no. I like him. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think when he got killed, I was really sad because he, one, he's really the one that put Franklin on from the very beginning, gave him a chance. Exactly. And he gave them advice on, like, how to play the game. And in like the Twitter world, somebody brought up, of course, I don't know how people do this or what time they kind of have, but something Avi had said to like Franklin was like, once you become greedy, that's the beginning of your downfall. And mm. fast mm. forward, that's exactly what happened. Um, and then villain, honestly, I think Teddy is like a no brainer. Um, you know who I don't like, and it just felt unnecessary, is what's his name? I wrote it down. Kane. Oh, uh, yeah. Ooh, I missed that entire storyline. Really? The entire <laughs> so storyline. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> he was a big part at the end. He the one that he killed Jerome. Yeah, I didn't see killed... Jerome die. In my world, he still lives. So. Oh, that's, yes. It was very sad. It was just like, but I just you felt just like broke. I don't know. I'm trying to think, but definitely Teddy. I think is the biggest villain of them all. Um, which low key means the U.S. government. Yeah, <laughs> is the okay. biggest villain. yeah. Not or not so low key. I just <laughs> I just want to say like I'm glad that we like I'm I'm glad you guys had multiple answers because I really it was hard for me to think through. Like I would say the strongest part of Snowfall if you haven't checked it out already, is and are the characters. I mean, there are some characters in there that are pretty one note, like, you know, is whatever, but they did have depths. It felt like they had, each of the characters felt more dynamic than just, uh, this, is their, this is their street life, you know what I mean? Or, or this is their DEA thing. And I, I, did, I did feel like that was, that's one of the strongest angles of this series is that, and then there's also just like this this undertone of this entire series that is very um, aligned to just like, it, it felt like everything had like this message, which sometimes is annoying when you're watching. But for this, I actually really didn't mind it because I don't know, I just really love that. Um, well, I think that we sh should talk about the ending. There's been a lot of spoilers already and look, Oh, the, yeah. the, we waited. Spoil it, the, this episode is, I mean, this episode is out almost, you know, uh, over a month afterwards. So, uh, dear listener, if we spoiled it for you, that's your bad. But, <laughs> but I will say um, I would love to talk about the ending um, and get your thoughts on all of that. And, yeah, 
uh, Brandon, sadly, you can't participate in this. I am going to be the audience that did not watch the show and comment. <laughs> so come on. Yeah. All about. right. Yeah. So what did we think about the ending? I'll, I, I'll, be, I'll keep it black and brief. I loved the fact that Franklin lives. Um, I like that he has to live with what he had done. I like the fact that he became something that he hated, which was his father, the way he looked at his father in that episode, that tear when Louis was driving down the street in one of the first episodes. I think it was first. What I believe it was the it pilot. Was the, it was the, literally the pilot. I remember. Yeah. That. And his dad was there. And then for him to become that, like he lost everything. And and then also throughout the entire series, Franklin never really drank. And all of a sudden, he's in, like, it just, everything fell apart. He picked up that bottle. And then there's also this really great through line at the barbecue in season one when his dad shows up. And his dad says, I just always wanted to be my own man. And then in the last, one of the last lines of the series is when Franklin says to Leon, um, I'm a free man. I'm free. Like, and to me, that whole thing went full circle. It was heartbreaking that like the way that they walked away and then for pride by Kendrick Lamar to be the score that they are putting on top of that. It was, it was, um, it was a pretty powerful ending. And honestly, I would say one of the better TV endings, like even better, dare I say, than Breaking Bad, better than The Sopranos, far better than Game of Thrones. I thought it was, one of the most satisfying endings I'd ever seen. And then they also checked in on each of the characters, which I liked, um, you know, and the characters that were still living. And uh, anyway, so all that being said, I thought it was a fantastic ending. I did miss some things. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I missed some things. But overall, uh, I, I felt like walking away from it, that, that closed the book well. Okay. Interested in your thoughts. Come on, hit me with it. Um, I second, I second what you said, Whitney, for the first two. Um, I think if they would have killed him, it would have just been very easy. So to see him alive is, I think, smart. And I'm so happy that you said that because he literally became the one thing he never wanted to be, which was his father. Okay. And the moment he took that sip of alcohol because throughout the whole series, right? Like you said, Oh no, I don't drink. I don't do nothing. Everything. The moment he took that sip is like, you knew that was the beginning of the end. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think that dialogue between him and Leon was beautiful. I actually cried when, um, not that that's a hard thing. Cause I literally cried everything, but, <laughs> the moment he was just like you know you're my best friend and I'm so proud of you and then like that tear drops on his eye and then just like Leon looks at him and it's just so sad for his best friend and wants to even even that day he's like hey I opened up like this legal like service like I want you to come help like he's still wants to help Franklin and Franklin just is like at the lowest of the, it's just, yeah, I think it's very smart. I think it's very sad. Um, 
I love that Louis is with horses. I think that came full circle as well, that she got to work, uh, you know, with horses and, and, and all that stuff. And uh, it's funny, actually, with her and with also, because also now is like somewhere in Mexico teaching wrestling, right? Oh, so it yeah. all kind of comes full circle for them to kind of like do whatever it is that makes them happy. Um, and get back to some sort of normalcy in their life. Um, and yeah. What do you I, I think, think that he meant? Oh, sorry. Uh, but what did you think he meant by freedom? Like free? To, to me, it felt like the whole series is about control. And like, there's a lot of times in the series that people would say to him, you can't control this or you don't have control over this. And he always felt like he had that control um, and like, uh, I think control is just a really big theme of the series. Like what we have control over as black people, what we have control over as Latino people, what we have control over as white people in this country. Like, I think thinking about like the mega, the man, right. But the control element, I think to me, when he says he's free, I felt as if he was saying, like, I let it go. I let go of that control. And that is, like when you sink into this this like place of just addiction and and, deprav and depravity and, and it was just anyway I'm I'm interested what do you think by when he said I'm a free man I I think you bring up a really good point because at the end of the day he may have thought he had control but he didn't really have control of the situation never and yeah. I think by him losing everything it allowed him to just let go of everything and unfortunately that meant that he got a severe drinking problem and he's just at the bottom but at least he has control of that where mm -hmm. even at his most successful he still had to answer to teddy he still had to answer to other people that were working for him here he doesn't have to answer to anybody and he just is this is who I am. You're either going to accept it or not. And I think it comes almost from a point of view of being defeated as well. So he's free, but he's also defeated. And I don't think he, he mentions that part. Yeah. All right, Disco. What did you all think? Right. Come on. I mean, y'all didn't touch on all the good points already, but I agree. <laughs> I agree with everything you guys said. Uh, I think the last episode was perfect. I don't think they could have did a better job um like you guys said i'm just glad franklin didn't die because that would have been like so predictable like mm -hmm. dead or in jail that's how you end up in the drug game so for him to still be alive not in the greatest spirits but still alive um but i did want to touch on like his mother that's why i was torn as her as the villain i think she gave him that freedom that you're speaking of because even if he would have got the money from teddy he still would have been under somebody, you know, like the DEA wasn't about to just let him have that money. And then she would have killed Teddy. So they still would have been, you know, on Franklin. So even though a lot of people think she ruined his life and caused all this downfall, I think she gave him that freedom um, from the stress of, of, you know, being a drug dealer. Um, so, and everybody say a mother's knows best. She was trying to warn Franklin for a long time, but um, she had to do it. I feel like she had to kill Teddy um, 
to give Franklin that freedom from everything. And then, go ahead. I was going to say, are people saying that Sissy is a, a villain? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, because she didn't allow him to get the money. She was like, why you couldn't wait 10 more seconds till Franklin gets the money? So everybody's everybody then she's not speaking to Franklin when he goes to visit her in jail. They like you just abandoned your son. But you gotta think about her, her position. Like Teddy pretty much ruined her entire family. Her husband's dead, her son's gone, the community that she loved is ruined. And then Teddy was pretty much like, Yeah, I shot him twice and then burned his body when when she asked at the last, like at when he was making a phone call. So it was like, okay, that's enough. I gotta kill him now. So, but, <laughs> but, but I think that gave Franklin the freedom that he was speaking of, and um, I think it was powerful because you know at the end of the day, Leon is still rich. I mean, he still got three million dollars. So you probably just gonna let Leon, I mean Franklin, you know, go through this little. Um, down spell that he's in, and then eventually Franklin will come back around. So it's still. You think so? I think Franklin's gone. I think I that's think it. So. I, I mean, think he's a hobo. He's not coming back. Yeah, like, no, I think he's just a drunk. But think about his father. His father came back. He got cleaned. Yeah, yeah. So Maybe I think he did, but he also had the help. I think of his wife, really of his wife, because. Franklin I mean, really it's the same situation. Franklin got a child on the way. Mm-hmm. I mean, his, his wife ran off, but who who knows? She might come back. She might have yeah. to steal the money because Franklin was about to lose it. He was trying to save his downtown property. He wasn't going to have enough money. So she was like, let me take this little million dollars that we have before he spends it. And then she might come back around. Who knows? We never Maybe. know. Um, okay. Week. So the series starts in 1983, and um, in the last episode, Leon steps on a piece on a newspaper. I paused it. It was 1990, um, and uh, so it's the beginning of the 90s, ushering in a whole new era of what the crack epidemic is going to take on. Obviously, we know uh, that that was just the beginning. Um, and then uh, they walk past a uh, production that's happening on the street. And uh, I got goosebumps, and I only cried twice in this series, um, and that had to do with John Singleton, and that was a, the moment that I just started crying about it because it just—I am just such a fan of John Singleton. I love his story. I love what he created. I had the pleasure of meeting him once um, when he came to visit Netflix when I worked there, and a very kind man and like it just yeah that was uh anyway so they basically recreated um a famous photo that that was taken on the boys in the hood set and then they also um had john singleton appear in my favorite episode i'm curious if you guys caught this um the season three finale uh the flat the the what the different reality episode which was i think so well done and my quite possibly my favorite was when there was a boy running through the projects filming things and then Leon hit him and said man we don't film like we don't film things like niggas don't film in the hood or something (laughs) and um and then it was like a scrawny kid who was wearing like crazy clothes um and so that was also John Singleton but I just busted up crying then too so 
do we think that the legacy of Snowfall was, you know, and like just like did they do right by John Singleton um, in the end with this series? I I think so. Also, I love the part at the end when they're walking through it and Franklin goes, y'all not going to win no Oscar. And he yells at them. And yeah. it's very funny. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but um, I think, one, I think it's unfortunate that he passed away because I think it showed his ability to do really good TV. Yes. Um, and, and for someone that, you know, two and a half hours is just not in time for me. I got a lot of questions. I need more details. So I just think like he could have kept creating these amazing stories. And I think overall, I think Snowfall will be part of his legacy because I think to, to Disco's point too, I think if he was alive for the rest of the series, I think it would have been a little bit better, to be honest with you. Um, and I do think that people definitely associate this show with him. And I think yet again, I am not the LA expert, but I feel like <laughs> it, it, it's a great representation. And I think that he is someone that takes like a part in that. Like what I, when I think of John Singleton, he very much reminds me of like an LA version of Spike Lee. Right. Yeah. So I, I, I think this was great to see and who sidebar doesn't make the best TV. He should stick to movies, Spike Lee, but um, experiments, <laughs> he does some crazy things. You know, they met, they met early on in John Singleton's career. He was still in college at the time. And um, John Singleton famously said to him, uh, Hey man, you better watch out for me. I'm coming for you. And, um, I think that that was Wait, something that, that. Spike, that Spike shared on Instagram or something uh, around his passing. But Wait, can you guys tell me where, what season did he pass away? I think so. Like when, he, when he stopped after season three. Right after season three. Yeah, yeah after three. No, no, it happened, it happened while yeah. season three was in production. And, really? they, uh, and that's when they added, I mean... I believe so. Don't quote me on this, but it would make no other reason why they would add it into the finale, adding that character into the finale of season three. Um, but yeah, anyway, Disco, what are your thoughts? Um, I think they did an awesome job of uh, honoring John Singleton, um, especially like in the last the last episodes. It was so many, you know, incidents of like the boys in the hood scene. Well, I had to. I didn't peep it when I first watched it. I saw it on a YouTube guy. He was doing a review, and he mm. was like, "Look at the scene in the background. It's boys in the hood." Um, but I think they did overall a, a awesome job. Yeah. All right. So here, at, look at us. Uh, we have a, <laughs> a a ranking system. Brandon, you want to tell them a little bit about our fist bumps? Well, I think our guests are longtime listeners. So we always give five fist bumps, a rating of five fist bumps, um, five being the highest, of what we thought of the show or movie. So one of you can kick it off. Let's start with Disco. What, how many fist bumps are you going to give the show? I got to give actual fist bumps? 
You can do no, whatever no, you I want. I need to give actual fist bumps, Disco. That is hilarious. Uh, on a scale from one to five. Wow. Uh, I give it a five. Give it five okay. fist bumps. I'm giving five. There you go, Give it Disco. to him. Give it to him. Yeah. <laughs> I give it a five. I was, I was sold from the first episode. So I always look forward to it every week. It's like That's one amazing. show. Yeah. Okay. Happy? I'm between a four and a four and a half. Oh, we've never had a half. A four. Okay. Hey, what's the half? Fist bump. Where's your, where's your gut? <laughs> like you're halfway there. Yeah. And you're like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. Season <laughs> five. Season five uh, just. I agree. Mm-hmm. And okay. a five to me is the wire. Yes. Wait, but but the wire also has season two. The wire also has season two. Fair, but I, you know what? Once you see that you need season two to really understand season four of the wire, then you go back and watch season two, and it's actually really good. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm gonna give it a solid four. Um, the reason why is because I think that they lost their way a little bit um, in the series in a few places. But overall, I love the story. I love the humanity in it. I loved the blackness in it. I love the representation. Also, I hear that behind the scenes, it was also very representative. Um, I love seeing our to- our stories told by us. And I just, I really just think that it's going to go down as one of the, one of the best uh, series of all time. I do believe that. Um, and so I, I'm giving it a solid four. And uh, yeah, last but not least. No. We go- I'm not going to even do that to y'all and fans of the show. I am N.A. for the rating. So. Wow. Okay, yeah. Brandon. I'm all right. Well, all right. Well, that was Snowfall. Um Please let us know what you think of Snowfall on Instagram at Look at Us Pod. Throw us throw, throw us some comments. Throw us a DM. Let us know your thoughts. We are going to take a quick break and we're going to do some trivia with our guests. And we are back. Um, we're going to have some trivia, and this week we have two questions for our guests. Um, but we're all going to play. So Whitney's going to go first and ask us all a trivia question, mm-hmm. and then I'll go next. All right, and you guys can deliberate on an answer and come to me with your final answer. So here is the question. In honor of Snowfall and uh, the legacy of John Singleton, this is a John Singleton-themed question. In 1992, John was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Director and Best Original Screenplay for Boys in the Hood. If you don't know, now you know. He still remains the youngest in history to be nominated for those awards. He also made his history by becoming the first African-American to be nominated um, for those Academy Awards. Can you tell me how old he was when he was nominated? No typing. I want to see hands. I want to see hands. What year did you say? (laughs) 1992. Uh, we just no y'all need to deliberate now let me know I'm gonna say in the 20s I think he was 26 
I, I is that know. This is, is that the answer that Disco and Brandon would question. also like to co-sign? I I like that you said twenty six. So how about we meet in the middle and say twenty four? Yeah, twenty four. <laughs> how did you guys do that? <laughs> well done, well done, John Singleton. To this day, yes. holds the record of being the youngest. Now. Ain't that some, like, isn't that incredible? Let's marinate in that for a second. That's got to be amazing. Four years old. He that was amazing. Wrote and directed Boys in the Hood. Wow. I have and a it question. Was, yeah. Where did he get the money? Where was the funding from? Because I just want to know, because that's impressive as a 24-year-old really man. Like, where'd you I get the money? Boys in the Hood was privately funded. Like, it was an indie film. You guys like it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, and that was Ice Cube's first role. Also, Morris Chestnut's first, yeah, first so role. You, yeah, yeah. It's it really we really don't talk about Boys in the Hood enough. But Ricky, like, Man, like literally, you can't stop. So long. You can't stop <laughs> thinking about it. Um, also, yeah, Regina King is in that movie. She's yes. yes. Cuba Gooding Jr. Um, uh, I think did we already say Lawrence Fishburne, Nia Long? Yeah, yeah. Like, everybody, everybody was in that. Yeah. Also, it's a uh, very good soundtrack. Yes, and he was influenced by the 1986 movie Stand by Me. He wanted to make a version that was for him and his people. I thought that yeah. was also a really interesting thing. Um, okay, I can't find anything on the funding, so I will have to get back to you on that later, Happy. Yeah. But uh, kicking it over to you, Brandon, for your trivia. <laughs> okay, y'all, my trivia is all about music because y'all know I love music. All right, so for all of y'all, it's multiple choice. I'm being nice here. Who is the only artist to chart seven consecutive number one billboards on a hot 100? Is it James Brown, Whitney Houston, Diana Ross, or Beyonce? Is this mm. connected in any way to Snowfall? No, it's not. <laughs> not at all. Brandon wanted no parts of this episode. I did not want. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Snowfall. Do you want me to read um, okay, the multiple choice Can you repeat again? the names again? Diana Ross, ja Whitney Houston. James Brown, James Whitney Brown. Houston, yeah. and Beyonce. What's the question again? Who is the only artist to chart seven, seven consecutive number one billboard, uh, number one, uh, chart number ones on the Billboard Hot 100? Y'all, I think it's Whitney. I feel like it's between Mariah and Beyonce. I didn't say Mariah. Are. You didn't say Mariah. Mariah. Sure did not say nothing about Mariah Carey. James Brown. James oh, Brown Diana did. Ross. You said Diana yeah. Ross. Yes. I don't think it's Diana. I, it could be James Brown because James Brown. James Brown had what many was, hits. What? Okay, I'm giving y'all five more seconds. Whitney. Whitney. It's Whitney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then it technically does have to do with snowfall. How does it have to do with oh, snowfall? Oh. <laughs> Explain it to me. I'm in the dark. Wait, what? Whitney, think. Crack. Crack. 
Hello. <laughs> that was dark. That was dark. That was dark, dark. But Ooh. hey, that was good. If you would have said yes, I would have been like Whitney. Crack. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! We don't do that, oh, dear yes. listener. We are. Yes, a, we, we are. Do. Yes, we do. Slander podcast. It's not slander. We love Whitney Houston, but happy. Okay, I guess the facts are the facts. The facts are the facts. All right. Before we wrap it up and and let our two amazing guests go. We want to say, uh, please let our listeners know where they can find you if you want to be found. <laughs> and um, also, uh, anything else you want to shout out before we say, bid you adieu? Go ahead, Disco. Oh, um, you can find me at chai underscore Dave. That's C-H-I underscore Dave. Um, I just want to give a shout out to my sister. And my brother. Oh. You guys are doing an awesome job. Um, Thanks. Podcast. Shout out to my wife who got me set up. Happy you did an awesome job. It was a great. I, we on the same page. I don't. They didn't even watch the show. We could have. <laughs> well, we they get just the they threw you out. They just threw you out. Appreciate Whitney for just trying to binge and do a marathon. Right. For- I appreciate that. You missed yeah. a lot though. But do, that's a could lot you imagine that's a lot. That is a it's lot. It's a lot to unpack. Yeah, Snowfall yeah. is a lot to unpack in yeah. trying to watch it in two days. So uh, uh, t- seven days, sixty episodes. I literally made a chart to see how I could get there, and I was like, I, it was- it's it's funny because you missed the funniest episode when he was at go back to season five when he was in the cage with the tiger. You're gonna be like, well, yeah, how did we get? Yeah. How did we get here? I may go yeah, back. I watch that one. Watching it again, starting season yeah. five, because yeah. I only started skipping at season five. Yeah, that was season five, right? When he was in the in the cage. Yeah, it was a season where like we didn't need that episode, but it was crazy. Right. It was like yeah. you think something's gonna happen, it's just no. The episode was about the tiger. Yeah. Okay. It. All right. It was like it was like Cat Williams on ATL with the Alligator Man. Yes. Oh wow! Brilliant. Yes, brilliant episode. Brilliant. Uh, um, okay, Kathleen, where can listeners find you? And uh, do you have any shout outs you wanna you wanna throw in there? Yeah, uh, listeners can find me at Happy Perez. Um, and thank you guys for having me. Um, Brandon is the best. Um, and it's you're wonderful. the best. Oh. It's wonderful meeting you, Whitney. It's lovely to have a face to the voice. Um, <laughs> and just want to shout you guys out for doing this show. It's a great show. Um, love you. that you have this platform. Literally, I wish we could do this with like Latin shows, but we literally have like five. So it'd be five episodes and then the, the podcast would be over. <laughs> Um, so there's a lot, there's a lot. There really isn't. I thought about it. There might be like <laughs> five, but, um, love what you're doing. Love that it's TV. Keep it up. And goose. Thank you. I wish I would have known you because we could have been talking about this 
since season one because I literally couldn't talk to anybody till season three when people started watching. <laughs> well, now well, y'all know each other. Yes, you guys, we'll, we'll tag you both so you guys can follow each other. So, yes. all right, y'all, thanks again for coming on the pod. We are immensely appreciative. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to bid you adieu. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thank you. Bye. And uh, we're back. Um, Whitney, first of all, that was a very fun episode um, so far because we still have our roses to give, but I just want to shout out our amazing guests. That was yeah. very, very fun. Yeah. Thank you, Disco. Thank you, Happy. Thank you. I mean, wow. wow. They, those two, like, they need to start they, like a group chat or something. They, they really do, because they love that show, and maybe they can just continue their love for other niche shows. Um, <laughs> because clearly, they were, they were the only ones that were watching it at the beginning, so... Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 When it well, was very niche. It was it was very niche for some time, but like that was so fun and like they definitely brought so much to the episode. So they did. Really excited. They really did. But but we're yeah. not here to talk about disco and happy. Who are we here to talk <laughs> oh about? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Today <laughs> Well, first of all, um, y'all know we like to give roses to the people who can still smell them. And today, Whitney. We're giving roses to the one and only Shaka Khan. Oh, you got you got a whole nother song. <laughs> Chaka Khan. Yeah, what is it that they're actually saying? What are they actually uh, saying? I think he's saying Shaka Khan. If you want to Shaka Khan, if you hear me Shaka Khan, yes. something like that. Yeah, he's just like he's kind of like mumbling. I feel for you. First of all, I love her. Um, yes, and. For our sister from Chicago, yes. can we give some fist bumps to her? Because, wow, mm-hmm. she set a standard very high for anyone from Chicago, like like us. We love yeah. her. We yeah. love her. And dang, like, I just always get so excited when I hear her songs. I feel like her songs are very good, like, summer anthems. Do you agree? I, I don't actually think about her when I think about summer anthems I think about her when I think about just like soulful incredible oh women yeah anthems. for sure yeah like, but because but I guess, like if you I said summer because I'm thinking about walking past like a random picnic in a park and I'm hearing like her songs like mm-hmm. with her and Rufus like those songs just being like blasted out Okay, so wait, tell me about Rufus, because I don't know if I know this fate, like the story of her journey. Okay, wait, so Rufus is a group of men, and she was the female vocalist in Rufus. Oh. And during like half of her career, they made songs together. And I believe they were all from Chicago. I actually, I feel like I might be lying about that. But yes, it was all funk. Um, Rufus in the 70s it was honestly like the height of her making all of the like real big jams that you would not think about and then I think they had like featured on like a lot of her solo stuff but they made a lot of music together so like Shaka Khan would literally not be anywhere without Rufus okay we love to hear it Um, I'm I'm just a big fan of her, I, every time I think of her, I think of everyone. I'm like, 
I'm every woman. Um, and, but I mean, obviously she has many hits, but like, that's the one that's just like, that's Shaka to me. Also, mm-hmm. get into that name. Shaka Khan. I know. Uh, Shaka Khan, that, that is a iconic name. Would you <laughs> like, really would you like to guess what her real name is? Wait, you know? I don't know that. Yeah. Okay. okay I just saw uh, it because I'm looking at, I looked at Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. Well, it's but Yvette I wonder where the name Shaka Khan Marie. came from. No idea. No idea. But she is the queen of funk. Um, mm. She is, she has won 10 Grammy Awards. She has sold over 70 million records worldwide. And like, I just feel like we Insane. don't, we don't like, like, you know, elevate her like we do some of our greats in a way. I'm not going to lie. I, I agree. She is not yeah. in a lot of those conversations. Um, because just her vocal ability alone is kind of unmatched. Like, right. I know that it has been criticized that she has, like, a yelly voice, but, like, there's control in that. And okay, so know. last year, last year, I went to the Hollywood Bowl for the Juneteenth Festival, mm-hmm. um, and I had the pleasure of seeing her perform live. And, that like, was, how old is she now? Like She's 70. 70 years old. And when I tell you, I, I literally turned to my friend who I was there with and I was like, is she, is this the recording? Like, she sounds just like the record. She sounds, her voice is so strong and so just like incomparable. Like mm. it was, it was electric. Everyone was on their feet the, from the moment she took one pinky toe and put it out there on that stage <laughs> to the second she sashayed off. I mean, we were, she came up there, she sang three songs. She said, bye y'all. And like, I almost fainted. Like it was, she took down, she took down the house. She takes down the house. Yeah. She knows how to get people on their feet. Her music is just so good. Even the slow songs, Through the Fire. Through the fire. Through the fire. For the chance to be with you. I'd rather be it all. Through the fire. She's so good. Also, I love her um, collaborations that she had in the past. There's a really, really cool Prince video on YouTube. No. And he's performing in this like small venue in London. And literally he brings out Shaka Khan and she performs Mm. her own song at his concert. And it's amazing. And he just plays back up for her. It's amazing. Like, that just shows, like, I love their friendship. I love yeah. <laughs> because that that's like the first time they've like collaborated, and he's done that for her. Um, and I just like, damn, Chaka yeah. Khan. Yeah, I mean, we love her. I will say, I know that she has, like, obviously she's not like in the conversation, like, like the same way that like Aretha was or is even to this day, the same way Whitney is. Like she's not like Patty. in the normal. Oh my god, Patty! Uh, but she was. I compare them ranked. very much the same. Okay. Like, and but not in any negative way, but yeah. Uh, uh, aligned. Um, but she was ranked number seventeen and VH1's original list of a hundred greatest women of rock and roll. If we care about what VH1 has to say, no. and then. Also, she has been um, <laughs> nominated for induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame three times as a solo artist and four times as a member 
but she has never oh, oh but in 2023 this year she was picked as an inductee for the first time for music excellence category so like this is years later she's 70 and now she's, she's about to be inducted yeah wild Ugh. wild um okay to wrap this up i do want to say one thing can we talk about her look the hair the, the outfit. hair it's the, the hair fact- the hair is more iconic than literally anything and but also the fact that she looks that good she still she like still looks her like she looks good she does not look 70 years old yeah I mean, because um, she's been out she's here still, dancing she's, those legs. She's still making music. Oh, my God. Like, she's still making music. I think, like, she had an album or um, something was released in 2019. It's called Hello Happiness. And she looks yeah. amazing. But would we like to know the secret of her amazingness? She's a vegan. I don't know if you knew this. I uh, did not know that. Yeah, she's a vegan. Um, and she said she adopted the diet to combat high blood pressure and she has type two diabetes. Um, mm. She also, I think we all know that she used to st- struggle with addiction and she beat that addiction. Okay. I mean, uh, she, she was, did, she was like big in the seventies. Everybody kind of had some kind of addiction. Well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. And she was yeah, out here on that rock and roll stream, but she was, uh, she was dabbling with, with both Coke and heroin. Okay. Yes. And alcohol, <laughs> the, the holy trifecta. I mean, the unholy trifecta. And, uh, but she's been sober since 20, 2005. That's amazing. Go ahead, Shaka. Isn't that amazing? So that's probably why she looks like that. I mean, yeah, she looks truly. so You kind of got to let some of that stuff go once you get up there. And she said, I can't do this no more. Yeah. I'm not yeah. trying to look like I'm 100 years old. Yeah. Um, okay. So we talked about I Feel For You. Um, we, oh, you want to talk about some hits? I just want to say, we talked about I'm Every Woman, okay? Um, I just have three songs I want to throw mm-hmm. out there. Uh, tell Me Something Good. That's Rufus. Yes, it is. Go mm-hmm. ahead now. Yes. Uh, uh, I'll Be Good For You. Uh-huh. That's, okay. I like uh, that song. That's, that's with Ray Charles. Uh, ain't nobody... Love me better. Uh, Rufus. Yes, it is. Wow, Bridget. (laughs) You are good. You are good. I I told you most of those big songs, like that big funk sound was Rufus. I have like three records uh, and I like to play them literally on Sundays because like it just is a good vibe to bring into the house. Yeah. On a Sunday. Yeah. Okay, so what's your pick? I mean, you will be picking, but what's your pick for ending the episode? What song? What's what's the quintessential Shaka song? Ooh, I think it's I think it should be "Ain't Nobody" because it's the the bass and the guitar that come that opens the song. Yes. Okay. Okay. Pick. Aligned. I would say I would say that "Ain't get, Nobody." That gets you up. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, dear listener, please send us your favorite Chaka Khan songs on at Look at Us Pod at Instagram on Instagram, and please, 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 don't forget please. to please. like, rate, <laughs> and review our podcast. You know, we out here just having some fun, making the content, 
but we want to get you know paid to make that content yeah come on now Share it with your friends. Share it with your mom. Yeah. So uh, go ahead and go ahead and do us that solid now. All right, Brandon, go ahead and take us out. Okay, take us us out. (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs)